0: This episode of the Golf Science Lab podcast is sponsored by Rapsodo. Rapsodo makes an affordable mobile launch monitor for any golfer. We all know that to get better, we need better feedback when practicing. And Rapsodo gives you just that. Things like distance, club head speed, ball speed, launch angle, and some really valuable information to help you play your best They have put this thing up against some of the best launch monitors and have seen really good results when comparing it. It's accurate. I've tested it. We've done some videos. You can go check out what we've seen and all the details over on our YouTube channel. Use the discount code GSL for a really good discount. That is the discount code GSL or click the link on the post that goes along with this podcast. All right, let's get into it. Hey, thanks for joining us today. You are listening to one of our partner shows. It is the Tour Coach Podcast with Tony Ruggiero. He has some phenomenal guests on, talking about teaching tour pros. He'll have his players on. It's always a great show. Today was another great episode. I want to share that with you here on the Golf Science Lab Podcast. Let's get into it.
1: All right, this edition here of the Tour Coach. I'm actually sitting with a glass of wine on the back porch of a I was here on PGA, uh, actually the Nicholas course, talking here with Drew Steckel, one of the pictures you see out here on the PGA Tour. Somebody recently named the best young instructors, Golf Digest, but you could take away best young and just put one of the best. Drew, thanks for taking the time, and you've been busy. And, and then, first of all, congratulations on all the recent success. Coke rack winning end of fall, I guess it was, in Vegas. And then Kevin Nod just a week ago at Sony, you, you're on a hell of a run, bud. Well, thank you, yeah. I definitely have had a good couple months at the end of the year and then
2: started right back up with uh, with Kevin getting his fifth win. So back to the grind, you know. Season, we didn't really get a break, but it never ends for us.
1: No, no, and I've been wanting to do this for a while. I've seen you out here a bunch. We've chit-chatted and stuff, and I go by the rule. Like, any time I go to a guy's place and I'm fortunate enough to teach and you meet him and you talk to him and, they're, and you're not a dickhead, I consider you to be a good guy out on tour, and I've I've come out to your place a couple of times. You're always so great and nice to be around, and uh, always enjoyable out here. And I mean, it's cool watching. I don't think people realize how much some of us like you. You see people all the time out here, and you pull for them you know, because you know how hard it is working out here, you know, and and it's anytime somebody plays good, you know who the good guys are. They're always the ones (laughs) that message, always the ones that text and say, hey, you know, great job because it's not as easy and glamorous, I don't think, as everybody thinks is teaching these guys out here.
2: No, not at all. People don't see the hours you're out there and what goes on and, you know, the guy playing bad and the sessions on the range and, you know, every week is always something and, you know, people see it on TV and think, you know, it's just this, you know, touring, traveling. And it's just, No, you're standing outside all day and you're walking, and you're watching and you might be doing this and you, you're you not, it's not what everybody thinks. So, you know, there's a good group of guys out here. I think there's, you know, people that definitely have a lot of respect for each other and, you know, everybody's got a different style of teaching. So it's cool to be around people and throw ideas you know, I started uh, meeting a couple of your friends from Vegas, and they're great guys and great families and stuff. So it's always been cool, and I've always, you know, I've heard things about people, and then when you finally meet them, it's cool to, you know, meet through golf and uh, definitely have friends out here because it's a lonely road traveling all the time.
1: It really is, and I think that it's, you know, it makes what we do. To me, it makes it, I mean, we're not all this close or whatever, but it makes it nice that, like, when you do go on the tee, you see some familiar faces and people you know, you know, because because it, it, again, like you said, it's not like everybody thinks. And hell, I'm gonna, you know, they, tomorrow's Thursday. I'm gonna fly straight from here to the East Coast to go to Frederica and teach for two and a half days and fly you back, you know, or three days, and like, that's tiring. It isn't as yeah, fun as yeah. <laughs>
2: you're not going home and sitting by your your pool with your feet up on vacation when you go home. You know, you know. You got to deal with the tour guys, and then you have people at home, and then you go home, and then you teach, and then you're, you know, you know how it is. You can yeah. every day, somebody's playing golf that you work with pretty much every day of the year. If somebody's got a question or a you know text or a swing video or this and that. You got all these things to manage, so it's it's hard with time management. Like I, I've got to spend time with you know your family or your you know people you.
1: My girlfriend, I got to be
2: somewhat functional. <laughs> I can't sit there all day and just be golf, 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 golf. You know.
1: And it's hard. It's hard. We get sucked into it. And I and I try to do a better job with Devon, my wife, at home. And you know, when I'm home, I try to be more engaged. But man, it's it's hard to stay. And I think that these phones that we're talking on and stuff, man, they make it harder because everybody has access to us twenty four seven. You know, twenty four seven. Yeah, it's all the time.
2: Tuesday. And, at- like you, you know what it's like standing on the range on a on a Tuesday with three guys looking at you for your time, and you got somebody texting you a swing from like back home, and you're like, wait a second, like I got th- three or four or five whatever tour players. I've got somebody standing in front of me that's demanding my attention. I better give it to them at the moment. Like I'm not, 100%. I'm not, you know, I've got to be here and present at all times. Anybody I'm teaching, or you know, even when you go home, you're like, okay, well maybe I should watch golf because my guy's leading the tournament or near the lead, and. But i got to teach these lessons for five hours. Yeah. You know exactly how that is because you've had to do it, you know, watching this and going like, oh, how do I juggle this? And how do I I deal with all of it?
1: Well, how did did you get to where you are? I mean, I've seen you at Southern. I remember when you kind of were first to Southern Islands. I was out there with Shane Sigsby and some of those guys. And how did you get to where you are? What's your road to coaching tour players?
2: So my road started, I got into golf, like, middle, end of high school, and then I got into it and moved to Florida and started going to golf and then working with people when I was 19. Then I tried to play mini tours. I worked with this guy in Florida. He was like, you need to play mini tours and get tournament experience, do this, this, and this. And I was doing that for, like, two, three years and getting lessons and struggling. And then I was about 23, 24 years old. You know, I used to get lessons and do all this stuff, and then I'm like, I gotta figure out what I'm gonna do because I'm just not good enough. It's not gonna happen. Like, there's no teacher's gonna get me to be beating Rory McIlroy. It's not gonna. Happen. Yeah, I'm not, <laughs> I don't have the experience. I'm not as good. You know, nothing's just gonna magically happen. So I kind of got down the road of learning. Like I learned from you know my teacher and all this stuff, and then I went to uh, Mac O'Grady. So I got invited to go to a school. And then I went to my first Mac O'Grady school, the Morad school, and then it was like another level of like every secret society and this and that. I couldn't, you can't, (laughs) like you just can't talk to people. You can't, can't around people, and Mac makes sure you don't know people. You can't mention their names. You can't do anything. So I did that for about a year and a half, almost two years of going to schools and helping him with schools, kind of somewhat with the intent of playing, but not really in my heart. That's what I wanted to do. And then I just learned a ton. I just kind of liked what people's brain. I would, you know, I became friends with Grant Waite and Dana Dawkins, and I would ask them questions. And then, and then my first tour guide that I started with was Mike Bender. You worked for Mike Bender. He was a teacher. He quit playing. He played at Clemson with Jonathan Bird and Lucas and those guys. His name was Elliot Gailey. And I lived with him in Florida during the time I was in Florida in Lake Mary. And then he started back up on the, on the corn ferry. Like at 34 years old, and he goes, Hey, I know you're working with Mac and this and that. Do you mind taking a look at my swing and helping me out with my game on the Corn Fairy or at the web.com? So, started with him, spent a lot of time at the Corn Fairy, and I just really enjoyed it. I was 23 or 4 years old and out on the Corn Fairy teaching these guys. And I, you know, you don't really know what it's like until you go through it. You know, I don't really know teaching tour players to people because it's, it's so different with each one. So yeah. I started with him and then Jason Gore was working with Macro. And then Jason was working with him and I sent him a message and was like, hey man, you want to hit some balls or whatever? You know, kind of pick my brain, you pick your brain, whatever. And then he was still in the corner area got his card back. I started with him and then I picked up Danny and I met Lee and then Rez and then from there... I was basically out on the PGA tour in like 2012 or 13, I think that was.
1: You've been out here a good while.
2: Yeah. And I was young and it was kind of, you know, it was kind of like, who's this young kid? How does he know what he's doing? you never, you don't, you know, people ask like, you know, you've never hit a shot on the PGA tour. You're not, you know, this and that. It doesn't, that's not what they care about. You don't need to be a good player to be a great coach. And it's hard to tell that to people when you're young and 26 years old, like how do you teach a guy that's 40? Well, I learned a lot about the golf swing and I think I've got valuable information that I think is going to help them. And I guess I can do it. I don't know. You don't really know until you do it. And it just kind of went from there. And then ever since then, you know, I've evolved. Probably my teachings changed or not really changed, but I've learned how to coach better. I learned communication skills better. You always keep learning and Mm -hmm. you just keep going with it. You learn from everybody. Everybody I talk to in golf, I can learn something from. Is kind of the mentality I have. So I don't really have an opinion of what this and this. I don't care what you teach and how you teach and whatever it is. I think it's cool to learn how everybody does it.
1: I agree with that. You know, I I was talking to a teacher not long ago and, you know, somebody said, well, like, oh, I don't think that guy's any good. Right. You know, you hear Mm -hmm. that all the time. And I said, you know, I mean, I mean, like what that guy does may not be my cup of tea, but he's obviously good because he's had success. And and I watch some of these people. Argue and fight with each other and have these pissing contests on social media about what's right and wrong. And I'm always like, you know, like who really cares if the guys, you know, like if I'm just telling a guy to stand on his head. Yeah, yeah. But my guy wins the tour event three weeks in a row. You know what? Then telling him to stand on his head was the right thing. You know. Yeah, and you you
2: have guys, and you've been through a guy like Zach Sucker, who you know, who you know, you've got to take this guy from like probably at his lowest point of confidence as a professional or something. And now he's, you know, contended in Hartford last year. You know, like, yeah, you know what it's like working with these players going, okay, well, they've maybe been, you know, here and here and here. But how you teach them and what your conversation is with them, it doesn't matter if it's scientific, if you're right, if he's right, if this guy's smarter or this guy. It's not about who's got the most information and who's
1: the smartest because they don't care at all. Don't you think, too, I've said this, like, I I think a lot, I think most of us have most of the same information. And I know we may have different, a little bit different beliefs, different preferences, and we may word it different. Yep. But, like, I think it's, to me, I think the the art of teaching is knowing when to tell the person the thing. Like, we all kind of know. We could, you and I could sit and look at some guy that doesn't work with me or you on the range yep. and we yep. would probably come to some agreement like hey down the road, this is what we do but like the art of teaching is knowing when you tell the guy that exactly. or the girl
2: yeah and you have that moment where you're going you know okay it's it's thursday morning and they're warming up and you may have to to come up with something at that moment at that time
1: mm-hmm.
2: something in a practice round on a tuesday monday wednesday offseason, you may have to say it and how you say it, it doesn't matter how you say it, as long as you get the communication to them and they go, okay, I got this. You know, your guys, you know, you have some of the greatest, the great ball strikers out there and, and you're like, okay, well, you know, all right, Lucas, this might work for you. And this is how like conversation is going to be different with every single guy you work with and when and how much you talk to them is very important to each guy. Some guy may want right. to talk to you out on the range and the next guy may be like, shut up, please don't talk to me right now.
1: Absolutely. And I, you know, I think, uh, you know, I always go back. I my mentor was, you know, he's an older teacher, he's uh, Hank Johnson, longtime golf digest top teacher, taught in the golf digest schools and, and I remember one time he told me like, you know, he said we're watching a guy and he goes, This is the part of lesson we have to learn to shut up. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes <laughs> right? you
2: say the the less you say the better it is because yeah. You know I know you can sit out there and you could be watching on a Thursday and Friday or whatever if you're watching them play a tournament and you you can have the answer in two seconds, but if they don't know the answer and how to fix it, that's the problem. I don't want them calling me every day with a new talk. All right, I got I need you to tell me what to do every day and sit behind me on every tee shot I hit because if I don't have you there, we got a problem. You know, you've got to give them some ownership up and you gotta let they're they're the most talented guys in the world at playing golf and they're clearly talented. You're you're not going to reinvent how how they hit a golf ball. You're going to help them in, perform better, and you're going to help them enhance their skills. But you got to let them know what to do on a Sunday when the, with a
1: two shot lead on the 18th hole. Right. You know, and then we had an interesting story. And I like I like having my guys play together. You know. Yeah. And I like getting the perspective from player. Like uh, yesterday, in fact, we were on. 18 at, at PGA West, and you know Bill Haas and Lucas were playing together. and You know, Bill said, this is the tee shot I hate, trouble on the left, and that's when I hit the right shot. And Lucas jumps in and says, well, this is when I put the ball back and I try to stay in my posture longer because I know it's going to start to the right and then it's going to draw as long as I keep going through it. And I mean, I, I love listening to players. Like, that's way better than me telling a guy something, you know? Oh. And, and I think that's what's cool. Like, I watch you with your guys. I mean, I think – I. I don't know that, you know, people understand that enough that, like, we all work together and sometimes the answers <laughs> to help our guys come from another guy.
2: Yeah, and and I had Kevin Na sit there and I'll be like, hey, Kevin, look at Kokrak's putting. Tell him what to do. <laughs> Tell him this. Hey, Kevin, look at Chess and Hadley's chipping or look at Pat. You know, hey, Pat, help him with this. Help. I'll take my guys, and, and you know this well, like, if a guy's a great driver of the ball or a guy's a great iron player, a great short game or any of that, you can have them enhance the guys that you're around mm-hmm. and help. And, yeah. and obviously they listen because they're like, okay, well, I respect them. And I know they're really good at that skill. So it's really cool to get guys to kind of have a team environment in a, in a world of golf. That's bit deep about themselves. You know yeah. how it's, true, it's like everybody's in their own bubble and it's like, I'm in my world and this is my team and this is it. But if you get players kind of having a team environment, it's fun to do.
1: Absolutely, you know. I, I think it, to me, it makes it, it more enjoyable. Like this week, I'm actually we're we've rented a house, me and Lucas. We're staying together, and I, I like that atmosphere. I like when they play together and they do that stuff. I like when they look after each other, and you know, I'm big. I like the veterans to look after the younger guys that have been out there, and I think that's a cool part that people don't see of what we do.
2: Yeah, you, you know? got some guy out of college, you know, like a Robbie Shelton or whatever. You know, you got a young guy and. You go, hey, you know this guy's won a US so, you know Lucas has done this, this, and this, and you have a Bill Haas who's won FedEx Cups and won, you know, a ton of tournaments. You can, when those guys get around them, they absorb every piece of information how to how to do it and what you know of all their past experiences.
1: Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about you teaching. I, and I'm this is you know one of the cool things I like doing this is I, I learn a bunch from talking to the great teachers. So if I was a forty nine and fat. And I had some flexibility left in my body. And uh-huh. I showed up and I was going, you know, and I'm trying to play the play, play professional. And I showed up there at Southern Highlands with you. Like, where, where do you start with layer? Like, where's the first thing you start? What, what do you look for and where do you go?
2: So my first thing with somebody, I will ask them before they even hit a shot. I'm going to ask them their opinion of themselves. So I, I want to see what their brain really thinks about their golf game. So I'm going to ask whether it's a tour player, whatever it is. I don't – it's a guy I've never really seen play. I can look him up on stats. I can do this or whatever. I'm going to get an opinion of himself or herself or whatever and say, well, so you tell me about your golf. I want to hear what you think and what you think you do well, what you don't do well, why you're good, why you're not good, why you're playing well now, or whatever it may be. Just give me your, your take, right? I want to hear it. And I'm going to watch you hit some balls, and I want to see what I think. On my opinion, if you watch, you know, if, if you say you're the best driver of the golf ball and, you know, one out of every three balls is in the woods or whatever, anything, or you chunk it every five times with a wedge or you can't step, you can't cut or whatever it is, I'm going to have an unbiased opinion of it and an unemotional opinion. So I want to hear your emotional kind of attachment to your golf game, right? Because everybody yeah. has, you know, I find that everybody has an opinion of themselves as a golfer, like a, this is who I am in the golf world. I'm known for this or I'm known for the driver ball. I'm known for being an iron player. Yeah. So. I'll start out with that and then I'm gonna kinda of get you and say, okay, if it's a PJ tour guy, I'm gonna say, Let's go through your stats. You know, you tell me you're the best iron player on tour and rank one seventy five and approach to the green. Right? So let's go through that and let's we have a database to go through and we can sit there and go through that. Okay. So let's let's Okay, so let's be realistic with with that. Well, I'm not a good potter. Okay, well you're forty potter. Okay, well I'm not you know, I'm gonna go I'm gonna go through their swing and say, Okay, well all right, I believe you got different swings produce different strengths in game. So I'm going to kind of go through that and say, okay, all right, well, if we're maximum is out and we're maximum up to the right and all that, you probably are going to drive it pretty well, right? That's what right. kind of goes good hand in hand with the driver. Okay, well, that might not work with a wedge. Okay, so how do we find middle ground with mid-irons, long irons, short irons, wedges, chipping, putting, and make a complete player? whether it's LPGA like an Anna Norwich,, okay, well, Anna, you never miss a fairway. You average 85% of fairways or 80%, whatever, UV, greens and regulations, fairways. So obviously you a lot of greens and a lot of fairways. How do we go through your game and enhance the strengths and weaknesses that you think you have based on the reality of the stack? Okay, now we're going to go right. through that. We're going to find pieces of your swing that you may look, and then I'll say this. I would The first thing I like to do, guys, is say, okay, well, you when you look at your golf swing, what do you, when you look at it, because, you know, if you are a tour player, most of them fail, and they take a video, and they think, I don't like this. I, okay, all right. Well, what don't you like about your swing? Okay. Why? Okay, let's hmm. go through that. You don't like it because of that. Okay, so let's go through why you don't like it. Okay, now let's go through the good things and the bad things that you don't like, and let's get a, you know, I'm different opinion of the, of how you think about it versus how I think about it. Cause I I like this, and you might not like that. And then I'm going to nitpick and break it down in a in a way of saying, okay, well, you need to learn to like yourself as a golfer, okay, because you're going to walk off the golf course 95% of the time, and it's going you're not going to be happy. You're going to feel like I left four shots or two shots, or I missed this putter, I hit this yep. drive, right? So I'm going to go through and try to make them – not have to have a cheerleader all the time and beat their own cheerleader. You know, it's hard enough to play golf on any level now. And I'm going to go through and say, okay, we've got to learn to have not fun, but you can have fun. But you also need to learn to appreciate the good things you do and walk through objectively with how you played golf that day. Yeah. What you did before, right? But we're not going to, some guys, I mean, you know this as well. I mean, I'm curious to ask you this question is, You've got your guys that are super technical, that want a bunch of swing stuff, and they want to talk scientific stuff and all these different deals, and they want to know all these things, right? So for you, you know, that's the great question that I would to love to ask you right Would say, you know, how do you weed out their thoughts and their opinions?
1: Well, it's, you know, first, I think that the reason there's a bunch of us out here that are really good, because there's a bunch of different personalities, right? And there's a bunch of different ways of thinking. And, and I think that players tend to gravitate towards teachers that will give them what they want. And like, I always use like, and I'm using them because c- he's great and neither of us teach him, but like Bryson Deschambeau would never come to me because I'm too simple, right? <laughs> it doesn't mean I'm wrong and it doesn't mean mm-hmm. he's wrong, right? But But, you know, so most of my guys are not very technical and like it boiled down to simple things, but that that being said, I've been helping my good friend Brady Riggs with Brandon Hagee because Brady's over in Hawaii doing a project. And, okay. Um, yep. And, and so Brandon's super technical, right? Yep. yep. And so you know that's where I have to you know I you know one I, I think the important thing for a teacher is to listen because I think I watch a bunch of teachers and they're always ready to start talking before they get done hearing what the player has to say, and then you listen and just because they said a whole bunch of technical stuff doesn't mean you have to answer with a bunch of it. And you know, so uh, this is a good example from today and I think you'll enjoy this. And so you know, I watched him play I watched him play 9 holes yesterday and I and I watched him play 5 or 6 on Monday and at the mm-hmm. end, you know, I I just said, you know, he had a bunch of questions and he's very technically oriented and I said, "Hey, I think the main focus, and I texted this to him and Brady, and then we did on the ranges, everything comes down to, I wish you would try to stay in your posture longer through the shot. Mm -hmm. And I had him do some shots at a slower speed where he could feel it. And, you know, but I think, and I don't know if that answers your question, but I think, like, again, it kind of goes back to our job is to listen to him first. Mm Because a lot of times they answer, to me, they answer their own questions a lot of the time. A lot but, uh, of the
2: time, they do. They know what they feel, and they're very mm-hmm. good at their feels. Right? I can't feel what they feel, and they don't feel what right. I feel. So, you know, if me and you were hitting balls on the range, we don't know. I, 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 I know what I'm feeling, but I'm not as good as them. So, I mean, right? We're not in that level. So it's like, okay, well, when they they're really really good at like club face awareness or whatever it may be, yeah. And you don't sit there and like a guy like Brandon Haggy who swings it really really fast and has a ton of speed. You know, for him, mm-hmm. like feeling like he may swing at 60% or 50% is probably a something where he can gather all his information and his brain is like, okay, well, now I can sequence it up a little better. Whatever it may right. be. yeah. And that's where that's- people are like, oh, well, it's not technical. You know, they think there's some random technical science project with it. And it's like, no, 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 no. You don't need that. You, you can learn all that, and that's good for teachers to know. And you can sit around and you can study all you want and argue about it. But it doesn't make these guys better. They don't care.
1: I always refer to what we do as guided discovery with tour players. I'm not talking about when we give a lesson to somebody that's a 15 handicap that comes to see us. But with them, I feel like it's guided discovery. I think most of them have a real good idea. And there'd be teachers that would argue with me and you about it. But, you know, I, I think they have a real good idea what they do when they play well. And we help them, I think, organize their thoughts and maybe help make the variables line up. And... Share our thoughts and ways to do it, and I've just always found Drew that if you slow them down a little bit, yep. and sometimes like you know, sometimes you know you're on a range and they get hitting faster and faster and faster, oh. you know, and, and it's like some
2: different, some, it's a different environment. You get around a bunch of guys that you're competing against, you don't feel the same
1: at home, you know, it's a whole deal. That's what I've always found it's good to like step in and tell some story about something. Right? You, <laughs> you know. don't talk golf. A lot of the times
2: during warmups, people are like, What are you doing? I'm like, Literally talking nothing about golf. Mm-hmm. You know, if it's a Sunday and you got a guy near the lead and you're there, you're not even talking about golf. You're giving them a few things. Like, you've been there multiple, a lot of times doing that. And, like, I'm not giving them a lesson. We're not giving lessons on Wednesday nights. If you are, that's not a good sign. If you're redoing something and giving them some, one-sided speech towards it. Like, okay, well we need to diagnose this and do all this. That doesn't work.
1: Yeah. I mean, I, you know, and and there's, you know, sometimes I could, I've been on the tee where a player hits a bad tee ball on the range and they're like, what is this? And I've said, I don't know. I wasn't watching, even though I was, and they get more pissed that I wasn't watching, but I was, but it's like, (laughs) it's an outlier, right? It's like you hit one bad tee ball. I mean, it's, Tuesday. What the hell does it matter, right? You're, <laughs> you
2: know, it's, it's, we're yeah. not going to invent your golf swing and change everything because you hit one bad drive or you hit one ball in the 18th hole of water left in the water. I mean, there's not. You got to learn to be like, okay, if I'm, I'm if I always want to be the guy, you know, that's always perfect. You coach people to be perfect. They're going to have problems in golf.
1: No question, because it's so imperfect, right? And you know, I think one of the things I try to encourage my players, and especially the young players coming up, is that. Like, you don't have to swing it perfect. You don't have to hit it perfect to win a golf tournament. And, like, I mean, you, look, uh, heck, it was a great example. Heck, your player, Kevin, not last week. I mean, he makes par off a cart path, right, making yep. a 15-footer.
2: He, he pull hooked it into the range off the net, hits a five-wood, lays it up in the bunker, gets up and down, makes a 15 <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's golf, right? And people are like, well, what's the difference with Kevin winning in this? Nest? I said, okay, well. He used to have a couple of tee shots that really cost him when he was near the lead with nine holes or whatever it would be. I said, he's got a great short game, and he's a great putter. I gave him the tool to not panic when, when the wheels start spinning. You know, everybody's wheels are going to spin at some point in a four-day right? Whatever it may be, they're going to have a panic moment. So, agree. as a coach, you're trying to calm down and be like, okay, there's an answer to this. We can figure this out. You can figure this out. There is no need to blow up the whole entire game that you have and reinvent everything,
1: and and abandon the ship. Yeah, I love it. I agree, and I and I preach to my guys uh, like all the time. I mean, as you we know, when we start and we sit down, it's like we got a big picture plan, and we know these are the things. I, I always try to tell my players, like I want you to understand what you do when you hit your good shots. I don't really give a shit what you do when you hit your bad. We don't want to hit them again. But right. If you, know, if you know what you need to do to hit your good ones, you, that's what you should be doing. Keep trying to do that. Exactly. Well, it,
2: it's like I'll use Lucas as an example because, like, look at what he did. I think it was last, the year before last, before the shutdown or whatever. Like, mm-hmm. how many top tens did Lucas have? Like, he was on a roll of, like, bunch, right? I mean, it was, like, this guy, and I've been around Lucas and practice around and seen him on the range, and I'm like, wow. You know, this guy, he's so impressive to watch it at golf. You watch him and you're like, how do you ever play back? You know, how do you even, how is, you know, I know you're not, you know, Evan Na as a putter, you know, that I get that. But it's like, dude, you hit it phenomenal. And I've never really seen him ever since there. I'm like, wow. You know, this guy day in and day out, this guy's a ball striker.
1: Mm-hmm. So you're yeah.
2: Probably going, All right. Well, Okay how do you work on this and this and this and this? Because his his standards are have non standards for ball striking. You know, Lucas is going to hit a fairway and be like, no, that's not good because it's five yards right of where I'm aiming. Kevin's like, I
1: just hit the fairway. That's interesting. That's a good point. And don't you think it's funny, too, like the different shapes that they hit? Like you'll have a guy that hits it 20 yards right, but if he's a cutter and it doesn't go left, they're like, they're totally okay with it. Then you get a guy that hits it 20 yards right, and it didn't have any look like it wanted to draw back. The balls go in the exact same damn spot, and one's pissed and one's happy and thinks it's closer to a good swing.
2: Well, that's, that's exactly how Pat Perez is. Pat hate misses it. He hates missing it right.
1: He wants to hit a draw,
2: and he wants to see it curve right to left. So anytime he hits it right to left, he's like, okay, good, done. But if he hits it, like, right and a little, no, he loses. He doesn't like that shot. And it's just funny the standards of guys – you know, a guy that's a great driver, a great iron player. The standards on ball strike that level, people wouldn't realize. Like they're hitting four iron, two twenty, going. It's ten feet right of the flag. I don't like that shot. Like I miss it. You know, whatever. There, you got guys out there that sometimes they people wouldn't believe how how picky they can be.
1: Oh yeah. Oh, trust. Me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> going. I mean,
2: what? I I'm, I'm in a bad. What do you mean? You're you're uh, tipping onto a par five and two with an easy chip. I mean, most people are happy with that.
1: All right. So my last question for you, what do you think for you is the biggest, you know, is if, if a young teacher was coming to you younger than you, you're young, teacher starting out, what would you be like, what would you give them? What would you say like, Hey, these are the things that you need to do to really be successful out here.
2: I think that the thing that a lot of people have kind of missed the boat on or not, not to say they missed the boat is, you've got to have an open mind and you've got to sit there and you've got to learn from everybody. You've got to talk with mm-hmm. an open mind and not be having an ego of saying, I'm smarter. I'm better. I did. I, I, it doesn't matter if you learn from everybody and learn how to communicate. Like you want to learn from people. You can go talk to any teacher and just pick their brain and then learn from everybody you can, because everybody's everybody's out here is brilliant in their own way. And Learn how to communicate, learn how to talk to people, learn how to, you know, not to sit there and say you have to be a therapist and this and that, but if you learn how these guys think and learn how people think in the world of their golf world that they create, if this, their whole life is golf, and you don't know how to communicate with them, you're not going to get through to them no matter what you teach them. You could be the smartest teacher, you could be the, you know, all this information, put them on 3D, do all this stuff. It doesn't make a difference if you cannot get them to understand it, so I would say learning how to teach and communicate is more important and having great people skills than it is as far as like, okay, I understand all these, these technical things. The technical stuff, we, we all are around each other. It's like, okay, it's a conversation with all of us, and, okay, we got it. Okay, pretty good. Yeah. We can do this, right? It, we don't need to use a fancy word or fancy term. You can sit there and use words. It doesn't matter. But learning to communicate is with a player genuinely uh, appreciate, make it practical. To play
1: with. I love it. I mean, I agree 100%. And I I think not to get off on a tangent, but I mean, I think it's like we see this in the whole world. Everybody's so on one side yeah. instead of realizing if you just listen and talk to people, sometimes you have more in common, you know, and you know, you may teach Jason Kokrak way different than I would. But like, if we sit and talk about it, I could find out like, oh, man, that's, that's interesting. Yeah, I can kind of see where you're going with that, you know, mm-hmm. uh, and, and same deal with you with the guys I teach. And I, that's, that's to me, what's cool about being out here is folks like you, and you get to know them, and you get to watch. And, I mean, I think it's awesome. And, and I just want to say, first, congratulations on all your success, because I know how hard you work. <laughs> and, man, and I'm pumped. I'm I'm looking forward to watching you more. And, and hopefully when COVID kind of relaxes out here and we get to – we get to go where we can start having beers and drinks again out. In public. Exactly. exactly. I mean, it's going to be good. Yeah. I owe you at least a beer for doing this. And, well, uh, now, I look. I know your friends drink nice wine. <laughs> you do. Let me I, tell you. I know James your Tigsby's never drank anything as low end as I'm probably drinking right now. Yeah.
2: Oh, if we're if we're around them anytime, that's a that's a nice person to have as your wine picker for
1: tonight. <laughs> <laughs> you're right. You're right. Well, hey, keep up all the great stuff, man. I'm so happy for all the stuff you're doing. And also, I tell you that, like, I'm a big fan of yours. I follow you on social media. I love seeing the stuff you do. I think it's cool. I think it's great for the game. Well, thank you. Right Right back out. I appreciate you coming on.
2: I've always heard positive things about, you know, I'm like, this guy's great. He's, he's, you know, sitting there talking. This is awesome. And I've always, you know, like, getting back into the golf world, I've, obviously a lot newer to the golf world than you so i'm like this is cool you know i get to be around people that are they've done it for 20 years you know this is cool i get to i respect everybody that's done it and no matter if you're teaching teaching at your you know the club guy at his course it's like i respect yep. those punches the guy that's teaching tour winners it's like everybody out there is doing their part in golf, and it's for the greater playing more golf
1: you're right you're exactly right and, and we're all in it there and, and drew appreciate you sitting in Hope you had a good beer during this, and uh, I'll look forward to it. One, I know I'm going to see you out there on the road in the next week or so, but uh, look forward to us sitting down and having a beer, and I appreciate it. and Keep up the good work, you got buddy. it. You got it. Thanks, Tony. Right. Right.